Heading into last night's game against the Los Angeles Kings, the Boston Bruins were a perfect 16-0-0 when leading after two periods this season. That changed last night with an uncharacteristically unstrong finish as the Bruins allowed the Kings to come back and take this game in a shootout. Going to recap this game, award the Big Bear of the Night, and preview tomorrow's game against the Columbus Blue Jackets on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Friday, December 16th, and I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Bruins part of your day every day. The podcast is free and available on Apple, Spotify, Pocket Casts. Please open up your podcast app of choice hit that subscribe button so that you never miss a thing it's also available on youtube where you can get a video uh form podcast or breaking news and bonus content posted there along the way uh if you're on twitter you can find the podcast at locked nhl bruins you can find me my dad jokes and hockey tweets at ian c mclaren All right, like I said off the top, the Bruins faltering last night with an uncharacteristically uh, poor third period. They were up 2-0 in a game against the Los Angeles Kings, a team that was coming off a 6-0 loss to the Buffalo Sabres a couple nights ago. The Bruins amounted their lead thanks to an even-strength goal from Taylor Hall, his 12th of the season. And a power play goal from Brad Marchand, his ninth of the season. But instead of running away with it and burying the Kings, they allowed the team to come back and tie things up, thanks to two third-period goals by Adrian Kempe. Kempe scored at around 8.29 of the third period from Kevin Fiala, Anze Kopitar, And then the Bruins got into some serious penalty trouble in the third period with a Connor Clifton cross-checking call at 16.33 of the third, followed by a Brandon Carlo trip just seven seconds later, giving the Kings an extended five-on-three, which they capitalized on uh, with Kempe's game-tying goal with uh, about two minutes left in the third. Now, the Bruins had a power play opportunity of their own as Drew Doughty cross-checked Brad Marchand late in the third, but that power play, I don't even know how to describe it. It was just uh, so ineffective that uh, the Bruins weren't able to score before the end of regulation or to begin overtime. Extra frame. Solved nothing, and after a lengthy shootout, the Kings prevailed thanks to a goal from Trevor Moore, who had just signed a contract extension earlier 
in the day. Brad Marchand, one of the goal scorers, said, you know, he thought they were still recovering a bit from their long trip out west last week. He said it's a tough trip to come back from for all you married reporters with kids. It's not easy coming home and taking over. So you kind of get more rest on the road, he said, with you know a bit of a smirk. But seriously, I'm a parent, three kids. You're away. Your partner wants a break. It's not easy stepping in and, uh, you know, entertaining little ones uh, like that. Uh, One of those where they're going to have to look back at the game, improve upon, and get ready for the next one. Um, The Bruins, of course, like I said, were at 16-0 when leading after two periods this season. Jim Montgomery said he sensed a lot of frustration with this bunch last night. First period was okay. Second period started off really well. They got the two goals, but then they got away from things that were giving them success. And one of them, of course, was taking a lot of penalties. Uh, The Bruins allowed the Kings to have six power play opportunities. They too had six. They limited the Kings to one goal, but they only capitalized on one opportunity themselves. Um, The Bruins, yeah, let their own power play chances slip away. uh, One for six on the main advantage. And the one that they missed on late in the third was obviously the most costly. Uh, Montgomery said, you know, complacency isn't the right word here. Players weren't, executing to the best of their ability. Their play was sloppy. Passing was sloppy. The four on three, they couldn't even gain the zone early in overtime on that power play. Those are the ones you have to capitalize on. When you get a late one, especially in overtime, they just kind of squandered it away, Marshan said. And that one was particularly frustrating. Um. Yeah, the guys just seem to be frustrated. You saw that kind of explode. Well, not explode, but Brad Marchand got into it with uh, Philip Deneau. He thought that uh, he should have drawn a penalty from Deneau when he was attempting to rush down the ice. Wasn't called. And then they ended up having a skirmish uh, in the Bruins offensive zone just really getting under Boston skin like we haven't seen happen so far this season. Uh, Kings did a great job checking. Montgomery said, hard for the Bruins to get any speed on entries or speed on breakouts. They're a well-coached team, obviously. Todd McClellan, a very good coach in this league for a long time. Taylor Hall described it as they have a lot of water bugs. They can play in the corners. They play fast, play hard and make it tough on the opposition all night. A team that's had a loss like that is going to come out and play hard, try to get a win on the road, and they really needed that one. The Kings did. They wanted it pretty badly after being embarrassed by the Buffalo Sabres the other night. And, you know, when you're up 2-0 on home ice, it's got to be a win. The Bruins just perhaps didn't want it as much as the Kings. The Kings were extra motivated because of that loss. Um, 
and Martian, of course, saying they're still kind of feeling it from their road trip. Disappointing one, to be sure. The Bruins uh, still maintaining their top spot in the Atlantic, in the Eastern Conference. In the uh, entire NHL, to be honest, the Bruins, with 48 points, still three up on the Vegas Golden Knights for second, and still have the advantage in point percentage as well, with uh, the New Jersey Devils losing last night, as did the Toronto Maple Leafs. So no changes there in the standings, but a game that the Bruins could and should have had at the end of the day. I'm going to award the big bear of the night coming up. Talk about a player or two who have been making a positive impact as of late. But first, a quick word from today's sponsor, the NHTCA. This holiday season, you can picture yourself hanging out with some friends, putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. And as the evening comes to an end, people start to head out. You consider calling for a ride, but then... You convince yourself that you live nearby, you can make it home okay, and it's no big deal. Everybody knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. That still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. If you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe. Plan ahead, get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. All right, so who made a positive impact for the Boston Bruins last night? Well, Brad Marchand, while he did take six minutes in penalties in this one, he did have a goal and a team high uh Actually, no, he only had two shots on goal in this one, but he did have that goal. David Pasternak, Patrice Bergeron leading the way in shots. The captain with six, Pasternak with five. On the blue line, Derek Forbort with three shots, two hits and a block. Matt Grizzlick with a primary assist with three shots and two blocks in this one. Charlie McAvoy leading the way in ice time for the Bruins. He had an assist. Two shots, a hit, a block, but he did have four minutes in penalties in this one. Matt Grizzlick, I think, really deserves some credit for his play this season. If you look at his goals for percentage, that's the amount of goals that he's on the ice for, five on five, versus the goals that um, he's on that are scored against the Bruins. He's been on the ice for 19 goals, only six against for a 76% goals for percentage. That's second among all NHL players with at least 300 minutes. Defenseman, I should say, uh, with that 76%. The only defenseman with a higher goals for percentage is uh, Timothy Lilligren in Toronto. Now, that's kind of a, a fancy plus minus, I suppose, but it shows you how effective Matt Grizzlick has been getting the puck out of his own zone, getting it up the ice, and 
changing the tenor of the game for the Boston Bruins while he's on the ice. In 25 games this season, he's got one goal, seven assists, and I believe he's on pace for a career high in points uh, this season. And he has been very effective for the Boston Bruins. I know a lot of people criticize him for perhaps being injury prone, perhaps not stepping up in the playoffs, but he has been very good this season in the games that he's played. He's on pace for three goals, 20 assists for 23 points. His previous career high is 22. That was set. Oh, sorry. 24. That was set last season, four goals, 20 assists in 73 games. So if he's able to stay healthy, and keep in mind, he doesn't get the power play time that uh, Hampus Lindholm or Charlie McAvoy get. In fact, none of his points this season have come on the power play. Five of his 20 assists last season came on the man advantage. His ice time's down a little bit over last season. Uh, again, that's a function of Hampus Lindholm taking bigger minutes. He's not playing top pairing minutes. Uh, So he's been very effective in the minutes that he's given, particularly on five on five. And his shooting percentage is only 2.6 right now. Uh, He had a shooting percentage of 6.3 a couple years ago when he scored his career high five goals. So if he keeps shooting, if he keeps uh, getting the puck on net, chances are it's going to uh, go in at some point. And he will be rewarded for that. So I'm giving the big bear of the night to Matt Grizzlick. Uh, He's averaging 1.56 shots per game. That would give him 127 over 82 games, which would be a new career high for him. He's not going to hit 82 games as he missed a couple early on the season. Uh, But Matt Grizzlick in a reduced role for the Bruins this season has played very, very well. I also thought it was a pretty good game for uh, AJ Greer. Again, limited minutes for him in a depth role, but he brought more energy, I thought, than most and uh, deserves some credit for uh, trying to mix things up in a team low seven minutes of ice time. He had three hits, two blocks, in a very limited time, I thought he played uh, played quite well in uh, in that limited role. So Big Bear, again, going to Matt Grizzlick, three shots, two blocks, a takeaway, a primary assist, and um, he's been playing very, very well for the Boston Bruins so far this season. Coming up after the break, we're going to take – a look at tomorrow's contest against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Before we get to that, I want to thank you again for making Locked On Bruins your first listen of the day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. So tomorrow presents a big opportunity for the Bruins to bounce back and get on the right track. It'll be a game against 
a Columbus Blue Jackets team that has been pretty abysmal to begin the season. How bad has it been in Columbus? Well, they are uh, near the bottom of the NHL standings, 30th right now in points and point percentage. They also have a goal differential of minus 38, which is also third worst in the NHL. The only teams that have been worse than the Blue Jackets this season are the Chicago Blackhawks and the Anaheim Ducks. Columbus is 3-6-1 over their last 10 games. They've lost two in a row. Um, Their starter, Elvis Merzlikens, I had him in my cap keeper league this year. Had high hopes for him and the Blue Jackets. He's been just abysmal this season. 4-8, 468 goals against average, 864 save percentage. Uh, I would imagine that Linus Allmark will get the call. No, sorry, Jeremy Swayman will get the call after Linus Allmark played the last couple of games, lost this game against the Kings. It's a very winnable game for Jeremy Swayman, one in which he can uh, gain some confidence, get his uh, save percentage back up. Patrick Laine has been one of the only bright spots for this team. He has six points, four goals over the last five games. Jack Roslovich, after a slow start in and out of the lineup, he's got four assists. And they do have some younger players to keep an eye on. Your uh, Igor uh, Chanikov, Kiromachenko. Uh, but again, this team just decimated by injuries at the moment, especially on the blue line with Adam Boakfist. Uh, Zach Wierenski out of the lineup, uh, Nick Blangenberg as well. This is a team that is allowing 4.07 goals per game, which is ranked 31st in the NHL. The Bruins second ranked goals four per game at 3.79. Add it all up. And uh, this is a game in which the Bruins should indeed Prevail. The Bruins already played the Blue Jackets once this season. It was a 4-0 win. And I could certainly see a similar outcome uh, in this one. Olmark had the shutout in that one, stopping all 30 shots. Uh, that was a game in which the aforementioned Matt Grizzlick scored his own legal of the season and uh, had a strong game for the Bruins. The Blue Jackets... Yeah, just uh, just not a very good team at all this season. And this is a game that the Bruins desperately need to, well, I wouldn't say desperately, but need to uh, take care of business of. They can't afford to um, drop games against teams this low in the standings. Of course, having said that, this start has been as good as any for the Boston Bruins. And uh, there's going to be some blips on the way. We saw that last night, but it's imperative that they shake off last night's not complacency like Jim Montgomery wanted to avoid, but just, um, yeah, an unstrong finish and get back on the right track. Johnny Godreau, of course, moved from Calgary to Columbus. He leads the team with 31 points through 29 games. 
Boone Jenner, the captain, 21 points in 29 games. Rookie Kent Johnson with 14 points in 26 games. And then Patrick Laine, he's missed a bunch of games, but he's got 13 points in 16 games to lead uh, that team uh, in an, uh, some very important categories being clutch goal scoring. That's a 1 p.m. start on Saturday afternoon. Uh, I'll be hosting a smaller family gathering during that time. Hopefully still be able to keep an eye on it and uh, looking forward to seeing the Bruins put a beat down on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Hope you're all doing well. Hope you've had a great week. Uh, we got some bad weather here, some freezing rain, some snow. It's a good day just to uh, stay in and watch some shows, read, what have you. Um, thank you so much again for tuning in this week for these episodes. We'll be back on Monday to talk about the Columbus game, take a look at some games coming up next week. It will be a busy week for the Bruins heading into the holiday break as they have uh, three games on tap next week, Florida on Monday, Winnipeg on Thursday, and the New Jersey Devils on Friday the 23rd. All right, friends, that's it for today. Have a great weekend. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you again here next week on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast.